0: So 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15. Paul said, I beg of you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, in that they have addicted themselves. Everybody say addicted themselves. (laughs) They have addicted themselves. I like the way the King James says it. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of God's people. There must be something that gets you high, or how would you get addicted to it? You don't get addicted to something that's not rebounding towards you is really, really good. And it sounds like they kept doing it over and over and over to where it became a habit. Could we say it this way? A good stronghold. Something that they really felt like they couldn't live without. There are good addictions. There's good addictions in serving the Lord, in, in doing the things He's told us to do, and because when you experience what it does for you, you're gonna want some more of that. And maybe we should put out on our LED marquee sign out there: "We got the good stuff." Or how about "Come get high." All right, let's get loaded. I'm quoting scriptures. He daily loadeth us with benefits. It's in the book of Psalms. He daily loads us with benefits. Come get loaded. I mean, they may think it's weird or whatever, but you know what? There's, there's some, God is not going to, he's got the real thing. The world and the devil got the fake stuff, the false stuff, the stuff that hurts you in the long run. God's got the real stuff. The good stuff. He knows we can't go through this life totally, you know, sober all the time. He knows we're going to need some times of high and refreshings. Now we want to be sober in the one sense of being sober like Peter talked about, but there's other times we just need to say, you know what? <laughs> let's let the Lord refresh us and let's play before the Lord and get some supernatural refreshing. So I wanted you to see that, that these people addicted themselves. It's serving in the church. There's a high that can come from serving in the church if you do it right if you do it for the Lord and not just for the people you see. There's a high if you do it right. There, there's, I, I started this way before I was a pastor. Oh, my goodness, I got addicted to this way early in life. You know, when you get addicted, the habit kind of takes over, and it's not so hard anymore. When that habit is developed, the motor is started. No more the brr. When the habit starts, now it's not as hard anymore. It's just like automatic. You have all kinds of habits in your life right now. We need to get in the habit of doing the things the Lord's told us to do and get addicted to those things to where it's like, wow, even my own flesh wants to do this. I'm having little withdrawals here. I got to get to church. I got to serve. I got to bring people to church. You know, you can get addicted to soul winning. Did you know that? You could get addicted to winning people to the Lord and bringing people to church. That's addicting. But you're not gonna get addicted if you've never done it. It's hard to get addicted to something if you've never done it. <laughs> right. I mean, I got addicted. to Some things in my past, that weren't good for you. And I didn't get addicted the first time I took a toque. I didn't get addicted the second time I took a toque. I didn't get addicted the first time I took a swig. I didn't get addicted the first time I put something in my veins. I didn't get addicted the first time. But then I'm hanging around the people that do it all the time, and I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. Did it again. I'm going, wow, this is kind of cool. I don't. You know, well, how many want to get addicted to soul winning? Right. Yeah. The addiction doesn't happen, and then you start. <laughs> you start and continue, and the addiction is developed. Yes. There's good addictions. Yes. Praise the Lord. Turn to John. Turn, turn with me to John chapter four. We'll talk specifically about a couple more of these addictions in just a minute. But John 4, I want to show you um, that that doing the things the Lord wants us to do, and I got some clarity and some direction I'm going to share with you tonight as a church. So if you're called to this church, you're going to be happy because we got some direction. Um, John 4, and I want you to notice verse 34. Jesus is actually witnessing to a woman at the well, talking to her about eternal life caring for her soul, wanting to be a blessing to her, helping, wanting to give her living water. And in John 4, 34, the disciples came back and saw that He was talking to this woman, and, and they said, Lord, have you anything to eat? And He said, i got meat to eat that you don't know anything about. In verse 33, His disciples said to one another, Has any man brought Jesus food to eat? And Jesus said unto them, My meat, my food, my satisfaction. My, ah, it was a good meal. My nourishment. You know, we, we've had some pretty good meals recently. We, we found a few kind of, a few restaurants in town. I think a lot of people know about, but we've had some good meals lately, man. After I ate that meal, I'm like, gosh, that was good. Oh, my God. There's one restaurant here in town we go to almost every week. I order the exact same thing every week. They know us by name. They, did, they know our order. They, I mean, just, it's so satisfying to get the meal that you really like. Jesus is saying here, my meat, my satisfaction, my strength, my joy, my, my meat is to do the will of God the Father that sent me and to finish His work. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you ever thought at times maybe you were addicted to food? <laughs> <laughs> well, just like you can have that for food, you can have that for doing what the Lord wants you to do. Most people today, th- there are so many people in, on this planet and in this town, There are so many people right now not satisfied,
1: right.
0: not happy, stressed, circumstance-led, no deep peace beyond what's going on around them. If everything's going well, they're happy and at peace. If everything starts to crash down around them, they're not happy or at peace. They're hooked up to wrong things. They're not getting the life they need, the nourishment. And Jesus said, Here, his meat, his satisfaction is to do the will of him that sent me. Can you see here a connection between the scripture we just read about addicting yourself to the ministry to God's people and doing what the Lord wants you to do? It's satisfying, it's refreshing, it's mmm, mm, that was good. Right? Hmm? Can you see that? See, the devil is trying to tell people the opposite. If you really do the will of Jesus, you won't like it. Jesus said, if you really do the will of God, you will be a satisfied customer going somewhere to be satisfied. Right? He he loved it. He, He made it very clear to him. Guys, you need to tap into the same thing that I've tapped into because we're way beyond physical food here. John 15 We read this, I think, last week. I want you to see it again. I want to connect it to good addictions, things we can get addicted to that will absolutely satisfy us to the core. John 15, he's talking about abiding in the Lord, doing the will of God, hanging around Jesus, doing His commandments, doing the Father's will. And he said in verse... Now, I said John 15, right? I think it's verse 11... Jesus said, "All these things I'm talking to you about, doing the will of the Father, uh, abiding in Me, not just doing your own thing, uh, seeking My will." He said, "These things I've spoken unto you, that you might have a very challenging life, and that you know it's going to be tough." He said, "I'm telling you these things that your joy, My joy, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full." Now, if you're interested in fullness of joy, if you're interested in happiness. What should you do according to this scripture? Be very interested in what the Lord's talking about in these previous verses and doing the will of the Father. Because the devil's going to tell you, your flesh is going to tell you the opposite. This is not what you're looking for. This is not what you want. Being more committed to God is not your answer. Giving more time to scriptures is not your answer. Giving more time to helping in your church, this is not your answer. If you want more joy, get the latest video game. If you want more joy, watch the latest movie. If you want more joy, eat your favorite meal. If you want more joy, go to this certain place. No, if you want lasting joy, be very interested in what the Lord has for your life. All right? And we'll talk about some of those things in just a minute. Um, all right, turn to Matthew 9. Um, I've, I've learned um, you can get high on different things, even like our conversation this morning. Um, I've seen people get a little high on sports because they're talking so much about sports and they get all excited about it. They're all and you can get high on other things, but there's nothing like getting high on the things of God. <sighs> because it's connected to eternity, not just a temporary pleasure or whatever. Right. It's actually something that's going to last forever. It's, it's, we're tapping into things beyond this world. And um, we've had many meetings like that. I've gotten high with Rich in restaurants before talking about the things of God. We're like, you know, it's like, oh, God, I mean, it's like your surroundings just kind of melt and you just start praising the Lord. And um, You can get high by talking with somebody about the things of God. Yeah. I mean, you can feel it. You can start getting high. It's like your problems aren't big anymore. You're happy. You're full of peace. You don't care about the debt. You you know, you, you, you're just excited because you're in the realm of everything. Anything could happen. Glory to God. Yeah. And you can get so high at times, you fall down. I've done it. And, and Holy Ghost. Actually, we were talking today about asking the Lord if we can have a Holy Ghost meeting coming up here in November yeah. after a certain date because I think God's people could use a good dose of refreshing, just a Holy Ghost meeting. And so we're we're praying about that. And I think the Lord, He he wants to do that now and then for His people. And that's a really good meeting. If you've never been in a Holy Ghost meeting, you definitely want to be in a Holy Ghost meeting. Awesome. 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 Um, So Matthew chapter 9, I wanted to share this. I think this is the one we want to go to now. Uh, You know what? I, I think I have these in the wrong order. Let's go to Acts 18 first. Acts chapter 18. Acts 18. Now, Paul is preaching from city to city, and his crusade team is, of course, going with him. And and, um, he had gotten some trouble, and some people wanted to kill him. Not not trouble because he did wrong, trouble because he's preaching the gospel, and people were demon-inspired trying to stop him. But if you look at verse... 9 It says the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision and this is what Jesus said Paul be not afraid but speak and hold not your peace for I am with you Jesus said and no man shall set on you to hurt you for I have much people in this city. Now, when I read that one time, and I felt like the Lord said, Son, I have a lot of people in this city and even in this valley that I need a church who's not afraid to do what it takes to reach them. I, I need a church that's not afraid to speak to them certain things they need to hear, whether it be the gospel message or come to church or whatever it may be at the moment. He needs a church because these much people in this city weren't automatically going to be helped because God wanted them helped. God needed Paul and his company to do what God needed them to do. God's in heaven. He can't do the things on the earth. We're the ones on the earth. We receive instruction from above and we do what God can't do while He does what we can't do. Does that make sense? And so um, I I wanted to read that scripture because I know the Lord has much people in this city And there's things we can and should do. And our love for the people should prompt us to want to do it because God can't do that part. Only we can do that part. So how many of you read your chapter today? Anybody read your chapter? John chapter 20. Carla got something out of it. And I want you to come forward, hon, and share that because it goes right along with what I have said and what I'm going to say after she's done. But this is a great revelation. Where would you put the mic, Michaela? Would you mind getting it, Joe? Thank you. This is a really powerful revelation, so listen up, and we'll connect it to everything else. Everybody okay tonight? Everybody happy? You want to do a little dance? Take a little break? Okay.
1: Okay, how many of you read your chapter today? Are you on? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, Um, so let's go ahead and look at John chapter 20. And let's start in verse 19. We've been reading the last few days, you know, about the crucifixion, you know, Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And as I was reading my chapter this morning, it was really early, it was like 4.30 this morning. I got up really early today and had my coffee and I'm reading. And I was reading and I was just kind of like, yeah, that's great, yeah, you know. And it's like, all of a sudden it kind of hit me that, wait a minute, this really happened. Right. I sure. mean, this really happened. Jesus really did. Rise up from the dead. That's right. And um yeah, this we don't ever want to read this and get so used to reading the mm-hmm. Bible that we think, Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Right. No, wait a minute. This really, really happened. Mm-hmm. And so that Very was the good. first thing that was good, just good, it just good. hit me this morning. I was so excited about it and everybody that's was awesome. bid, you know, so I couldn't tell anybody. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, so anyway, so let's start in nineteen, John twenty, verse nineteen. And it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And verse twenty And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands in his side and his side, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And then in verse 21, then Jesus said to them, uh, Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. So that's the first thing that stuck out to me is that, so the father, even, he says, even as the father sent him, now he is sending the disciples, right? And so who's his disciples? Us. So he's sending us, right? And so then in uh, verse 22, it says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. And so I read that and I thought, now hang on a minute. Does that mean that we have the power and the authority to remit sins or not remit sins. You know what I'm saying? It's like the authority and the power that he has given us is real. And, and basically, we are Jesus on the earth. We are, there's some people, they're not, gonna, they're not even going to see Jesus or know who he is unless they see him in you. And so what, a, what a, a responsibility we have. I mean, and I'm not sure I'm totally getting it across to you, but, and it's not hitting me quite like it did at 4.30 in the morning, but it says, whoever sin you remit. This is Jesus telling us. This is him sending us to do this. Whoever sin you remit, they're remitted. And whoever sin you retain, they're retained. What a what a big responsibility that we have to be Jesus in the earth. We're his body, right? And I know some people have freaked out about that in the past, you know, when Kenneth Copeland said some things about you know about that, but it's like we are Jesus in the earth. We have the responsibility, but along with that responsibility we have the power and the equipping. To, to be him on the, in the earth. And so that was mostly it. It's just that we are him in the earth. And so we need to say, yes, sir, you're sending us. Yes, sir, we're going to do what you are telling us to do on the earth. Amen? Does that make sense to everybody? Good, good.
0: Okay. Right. <clears throat> and wow. I will say,
1: let me say this real quick. Yeah, go. How dare the devil, how dare he put sickness on you? When you have this kind of authority, how exactly dare right. he steal your money and your finances? How dare he do that? Exactly. You can rise up because you have been sent by Jesus. You so are good. Jesus in this earth, and you can say, stop right there. So good. You can draw that line and say, no further in my family, yeah. no further in my body, no so, further in my so finances, good. no further in my kids, mm. no further, devil. Amen.
0: Good word. Thank you, Lord. So, think about this in light of what Carla just said. He was ministering to a man that had a withered hand, and the Pharisees were all saying, Oh, he's going to probably heal on the Sabbath day. It, it, interesting to think that they were persecuting him for healing sick people on Sunday or on Saturday. It just it reminds me a little bit of what's going on right now. I mean, if. I, I, don't, I don't understand it totally, but I think if our president found a cure for cancer, he would be slammed for it. They would find something to crucify him over. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, why would you persecute Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day? It takes demonic help. That's just messed up. But here's an interesting thing he said. Think about what he said. He said, what's easier to say Son, your sins be forgiven you. Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And then he said a very interesting thing, he said, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, rise and... Uh, yeah, it was, that was when the rise and walk, or stretch forth your hand, and the guy was totally healed. The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. That's amazing. Did you know you have the power to tell somebody, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven you? And if they believe that, they are totally ready to receive a miracle. Because the only thing that most biggest thing that hinders people from receiving a miracle, other than lack of knowledge of God's word, is guilt and condemnation of past sins. You get rid of that, you are a receptive person going somewhere to receive a miracle or a healing. Powerful. So as I was thinking about what she said and some other things we talked about this morning, because we had a a meeting this morning about some things we're going to do as a church. And I got to thinking, you know, where is Jesus? I mean, well, he's where we are because like he said, you know, like she said, we're to do what he sent us to do like he was doing what the father sent him to do. What has Jesus sent us to do? I mean, we should be coming to church to find out what He sent us to do. And then when we leave church, we're doing it to a degree. I mean, depending upon your several ability and your lifestyle or whatever, what we're getting in church is supposed to go with us wherever we go outside the church. What we're getting in church is supposed to be a huge part of our life outside the church. You know, God's not supposed to be an add-on. He's supposed to be our life. And what we're getting in church, it, it needs to be affecting people that aren't in our church. Something, I mean, if we're going to church for 10 years, and our our people that we work with still don't know we're Christians, wow, man, I, I need slapped for not doing a good job of preparing the people. What we're getting in here has got to get out of these four walls to the people around you that I'll never see, and the people around me that you'll never see. And so as I was thinking about this, and we were talking about some things coming up, we got some meetings coming up that we're really focusing on, but I wanted now to show you this in Matthew chapter 9, and I asked, I've been seeking the Lord and praying, saying, Lord, just what what direction? There's a million good things we could be doing. I don't care about those million things. I want to know the couple simple things you want us doing as a church. And every time you talk, Lord, about things like that, it's going to be connected to people getting saved, healed, and delivered, because that's God's heartbeat. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Well, if that's what he was sent to do, then I guess we're sent to take over. He died to provide the victory and the freedom. Now, our job is to tell everybody about it. And we are the body of Christ in this town. And I know there's other parts of the body in this town, but this church is a part of the body of Christ. And I like to put it like this. People are going to experience more of Jesus when they're here than just maybe individually when we're out there with them because you got gifts I don't have, I got gifts you don't have, she's got gifts he don't have, he's got gifts he don't have. And when they come into an atmosphere like this and we're all ready and prayed up and in our position, they're gonna get more of the ministry of Jesus in a place like this than even we can give individually out there. Not that you can't get people saved and delivered out there. Some are so ready and so ripe, it only takes one person. But the Bible also says, if those people who get saved out there don't get plugged into a local church, they could slip back and the last state of the person could be worse than the first, because if they fall back into the pollutions of the world they just got delivered out of, the principle is more problems can come back in later if you don't stay filled. Amen. So we know we gotta, we gotta get out there and we gotta do our part. We, we gotta have enough faith in the body of Christ to bring people. And then we got to have enough love to keep them. And, we, and when I say love, I'm talking about people working like Jacob worked for Rachel. Seven years seemed like a few days because of his love for Rachel. And so the Lord's given us some instruction, and we don't have everything right now because we, we delegated a lot of this to the staff and so Carl and I are not going to be doing everything like we've done in time past. Not everything, but a lot more than maybe we should have done. So we could be more ready with our part when the people come. But how, do you all do y'all realize that, that it is totally possible for our church to explode in growth for the right reasons? Do you, do you realize that it's totally possible? Yeah. And so Matthew 9, I wanted to show you this. Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to read two verses here. We're going to read the second verse, and I'm going to read the 32nd verse. So Matthew chapter 9. And the Lord gave us a revelation a few years ago, and we've taught it more than once, about they brought, and he healed. The people brought, hurting people to Jesus, and Jesus healed them. All over the New Testament, you'll see the phrase, they brought unto him, and he healed them. They brought, and he healed They brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. They brought unto the disciples in the church age, many that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. They brought a blind man unto him, and he healed them. Do you see how the they brought ministry works with the ministry of Jesus? You see how it's in the same ministry? They brought, he healed. What if they hadn't brought? What if they didn't have enough faith to bring? Then the Lord would have been limited in His help, because He couldn't get to them all, they had to bring them to where Jesus was. And they brought, and He healed. This all over the New Testament and the book of Acts. They brought, He healed. They brought, He healed. Well, I thought it was interesting when we taught on this, I, I, this came back to me earlier, and I, I wanted to bring it out tonight again. It says in, in Matthew 9, verse 2, and behold, they brought to Him a man sick of the palsy, lying in the bed, and Jesus seeing their faith. What do you mean, seeing their faith? Their faith was, they had enough faith to bring somebody to the meeting, believing that Jesus would heal them. Wow, we should have that kind of faith. Not in pastor, not in the leader, in all of the body of Christ, the Lord working through us. But I want you to notice, he got healed, he got delivered, because they brought and Jesus healed him. You read the rest of the story, they brought, he healed. But I want you to notice the first few words, and behold, they brought most people jump over that. Most people read it like this. Behold, a man got healed of a paralyzed condition. That's what the, what the Spirit of God is saying to behold right here. He's saying behold what started this. He, he didn't just say, behold, yes, behold the man got healed, but don't forget what happened so the man could be healed. There was another ministry going on called the They Brought Ministry. The preacher can't do it all. The they brought people can't do it all. They work together. The Holy Spirit said, check this out. They brought. What do you think we should do? We should check out they brought. What do those two words mean to us? They brought. And he healed. Look at verse 32. same chapter. It said, they went out, behold. As they went out, what does behold mean? Check this out. Check what out, Holy Spirit? What? They brought. <laughs> okay. Don't, it's not just behold. A man that was possessed with a, with a spirit got delivered and healed. Don't just behold that. Behold they brought. There were some people in faith. Yeah. Jesus can work with faith. Jesus can work with faith. And he, there is people in faith believing that this guy was going to get healed, just like the other one we just read. There was somebody in faith working with the Lord so these people could get delivered and set free. What if we all just upped our faith in what the Lord's doing in our church? I personally believe all of us together can help anybody we bring to this church if we'll all do our part be prayed up, right? Do our part in bringing, do our part in everything, praying, giving, tithing, serving, whatever. If we all just get the vision together, we are a great people. Are you kidding me? Nothing will be restrained from us that we set our imagination and faith to do. Nothing. They brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. Keep going. Read the next verse. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spoke and the multitude marveled saying, it was never so seen in Israel to be a part of that kind of a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've realized through the years that there is a they brought ministry and we're all in it. Yeah. Yeah. I have gotten some of the greatest rushes and highs from bringing people to our church. I have tapped into joy joy that the world can't give or take away. There are certain joys and there's certain levels of peace and contentment that come only from doing these things. It's a unique joy. It's a unique peace. It's a unique satisfaction. Well, one of the reasons it goes so deep is because this is not just our job. This is our purpose for being alive, bringing people to Lord, being an influence for Jesus. I believe all of us together doing our part in this church, when we bring people, we're going to see needs met. And we're growing in this. We'll see more than we've ever seen in the past because we've grown since the past. I'm thrilled about it. Well, some of our our staff is going to share more about these things in the upcoming services. They're getting things ready. We've talked about six of them, and they're doing all, all kinds of great things in this area. So we're looking forward to hearing more about this. But just briefly, I wanted to say this that the scripture says in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, that we are laborers together with God. Laborers means workers. It didn't say we're laborers together for God, although we know there's some of that involved in other scriptures. This scripture says we're laborers, workers together with God. We're walking side by side with him. In other words, there's some things we can do he can't do And there's some, when I say, potentially He can do anything, I understand it. But when it comes to free will and giving the earth to man, somebody's got to ask Him, you know, there are things God needs us to do in the earth, and there's things we need Him to do from heaven. We can't do His part, and He's not going to do our part. I remember one time we'd heard a story by John Osteen, um, how he was, you know, Joel Joel Osteen's dad, who's in heaven now, and John Osteen was, was making this point about how we're workers together with God you know it's a lot of these things it's not all God and it's not all us it's us working together with him if we're going to see results and he said he was talking about these two men that were walking down a field walking down a road one day and uh, the man had bought a field like 20 years ago and it was the ugliest field in the whole county I mean swamp uh, car parts glass broken trees just the ugliest piece of ground you'd ever think nobody would ever want this piece of ground it stinks and they're walking by like 20 years later and this guy had renovated the entire acreage and, and leveled it and, and just got beautiful things growing and trees, built a beautiful building. And his friend goes, this is your, he goes, and the friend goes, man, look what the Lord has done. Wow, look what the Lord has done. Wow, look what the Lord has done. And the guy that owned the land and, and fixed it all up said, yeah, you should have seen it when it was all in God's hands. Making the point that when God had it, It was still a mess. But when a man and God got on it, it became a beautiful piece of land, a beautiful building, became one of the most priceless pieces of land in the whole city. Yeah, you should have seen it when it was all the Lord's. (laughs) The moral of the story is basically, God needs us on earth to do the things we're called to do, and we need Him in heaven to do the things we need Him to do that we can't do. But you put God and a man together, you can take an old, ugly field like that with the strength of God, the prosperity of God, the wisdom of God, the help of God, the favor of God. Now, you and God together, now there's this beautiful thing out there. Same thing with our church the engines are revving, the clutch is in and it's going. Vroom, vroom. I'm serious. We've heard from the Lord, church. So if you're wondering, what's the will of God? Well, if you're called to this church, one of the things that's the will of God for you right now is to listen to these words, pray about starting immediately. We can invite people to any service, but there's four four or five services coming up that we're going to interpret as our Pack the House Sundays. Everything's going to be super geared toward this. We're excited about it. And one of them is the harvest party coming up. And we've got invitations we're going to hand out to you now for you to hand out to friends. And, and if you've got Facebook and social media, man, use it for the Lord. We've already put, posted an event on there, on the Faith Heights one. You could share that event. And let's let's just love people into the church, man. Let's just go for it. Anybody excited about this besides me? It's okay. No, You don't have to show it. Just in your heart. I, I just trust that we're getting this. And. And then there's another one coming up. Now, Sunday the 10th, November 10th is November 10th is the day before Veterans Day. So we're making that kind of a double pack the house Sunday. We're going to have invites for people who know veterans or people that have been touched uh, by war or whatever. We're going to invite them. We're going to have the color guard again. We're going to have the, the whole Veterans Day uh, prayer. We're going to honor them. But at the same time, it's going to be a regular service and we're going to have a lot of powerful things. So we'll have another invite for that. I, it's time to pack the house out. We can do it. Yep. And we're going to talk about these things at times on Sunday morning, too, to get the whole, whole church involved. And then we've got uh, two Christmas programs, the Kids Christmas, Kids Christmas Program on the 15th, and then Christmas Eve service the 24th in the evening. Yep. And then New Year's Day, we're going to have another Pack the House Sunday. It's going to be a full worship night on a Wednesday night because the first is a Wednesday. And personally, we're going to bed early on New Year's Eve night. That's just us. Because we're old <laughs> no I'm, I'm, we're, we're mature, and so um, but i don't I don't want to roll out of bed at eleven in the morning on New Year's Day, thinking, man, I already blew it. <laughs> I wanted to get an early start, but we're going to have a, a New Year's Eve worship night on Wednesday. Yes. this Wednesday, that service will be a full blown worship night on the first, so those are five days that are coming up, they're going to be really exciting, but everything in between those Days, too, is going to be very exciting. It's harvest time, and we need to start harvesting souls and start declaring, you know what? Paul? The Lord said, don't be afraid, Paul. Speak. Don't be afraid. Speak. I'm with you. No one's going to lay on you to hurt you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I've got much people in this city. Man, if we all take that admonition serious, there's no reason. I, I love it when people come to church that I've never met before. I'm, the first, I'm, the, I'm one of the best greeters in the church. I go up to them all the time. I just introduce myself. We should all be greeted. Everybody's in the informal greeting ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. Those of you in the greeting ministry, you're in the formal greeting ministry, the, the department in the church. But every one of us should be a greeter. Yeah. Yep. And you know, out out there, I when I see people, whether it's a, a, a waitress or a waiter, a server at a table, or somebody at City Market, or somebody at Safeway, or wherever, when I see people, I, I just always it always comes around to God in church. I just, it's just, I guess, I don't know if it's because I'm how old I am right now. The, the time's short. we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And it, there's such an anointing. The book of Revelation says this. Now, I know i got to let you go. The, the book of Revelation says, the Spirit of God and the bride, us, say, come. Yeah. That's not when we're in heaven. Everybody's already in heaven. This is talking about the Spirit of God on the earth and us yielding to Him, are working together, telling, come where? Well, come to Jesus. Where is Jesus. We are the body of Christ. Where is he? In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which are the seven local churches. Let's, let's just have fun with this. Let's get addicted to it. We've had fun. We've got to bring people to church. It, it's, it's absolutely fun. You'll get addicted to it. We have a Bible study on Monday night with some of the people we've, we've introduced to the church family here. We have a Bible study. In just this last Bible study on Monday night, we all decided to bring somebody to our Bible study. We're going to do our best to bring some more people from our neighborhood. Our house is going to get too small. So the Lord just has to give us a bigger one. We'll have our builder build a bigger one. And a lot, because they're building behind us now too. But anyway, this is, this is supposed to be fun. Are you, willing, are you willing to get a little addicted with me? Because we got some good stuff. Yeah. You're going to be hearing a lot more about this, so just keep your ears open. And so the vision is in to win. Get them in so they can win in life, right? <clears throat> Let's stand up. i got to let you go. <clears throat> Say this before you leave, though. If you would, please. Let's seal this on our hearts. Say this, Jesus, <laughs> thank you. For letting me be a part Of the greatest business in the universe The Father's business As you were sent To save the world You have now sent us To do the same You died for them So they could have the the sacrifice Necessary To be saved And now we'll go And help people get to you, hear the gospel, find their place in the kingdom, and live forever in your perfect will.